Retro Rebel Gamecast episode 22 is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook and 30-day trial at audibletrial.com slash Toddcast. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, or MP3 player. Welcome to the Retro Rebel Gamecast, where we discuss gaming and related topics for your listening pleasure. Retro Rebel is released every week, and you can find this episode and much more by heading to templeofgeek.com, iTunes, or Stitcher. If you'd like to check out more of our content, you can follow us on Facebook at Temple of Geek. My name is Stacy, and joining me today, as usual, is my fellow rebel, Amanda. How are you doing? Hey, I'm good. Good. Well, a lot has happened this week, and E3's more or less over, and, uh, and so now that the dust is beginning to settle... Uh, I'd like to talk about that, but first, let's uh, let's do as we normally do and chat about what we're playing right now. And hopefully, you've had a little bit of time to to play something this week. <laughs> so I've, what, I've yeah. had more time than I know what to do with. I think. <laughs> Fantastic. So, what are you? So been playing? I've I've finally got around to playing Titanfall two. It's been sitting on my nightstand for no less than four months, and I finally <laughs> got around to playing it. Um, and you know what? I, I actually regret that I didn't play it sooner because the campaign is really something pretty special. Um, I really, I really like little met met bot guy. He's got a great personality. There are like, there's lots of banter and jokes and that's kind of what I want. And I was initially put off because there's a lot of like wall running and all this sort of time jumping business, which I'm just generally bad at. Um, but because it was so cute and the mech bot was kind of like pretty camp pretty early off i was like oh i kind of want to see what he's like so i gave it a chance i'm glad i did because it's really a good campaign it got slated but i like it i haven't played it yet i've only heard good things and uh it's again it's another another game that's kind of on the list of to do <laughs> but by the time i get there there probably won't be much online and which i don't care about anyway but um, I re- I was actually, I'm not gonna play that anyhow. Yeah, I was really interested in the campaign, to be honest. So, so Titanfall. Yeah, it's adorable. Anything else, or or is that pretty much consumed your time? I imagine there's a lot to that campaign. So. Yeah, I mean, I've I've put I want to say like maybe five hours in so far, and I feel like maybe I'm at the halfway point. Oh. So. It's not. It doesn't feel like it's going to be super long because I feel like I'm at the midway point and we're heading up towards the crescendo of the campaign. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But you know, what more do you need? It's good. It's got. It's got a good joke. There's one part, like no spoilers, obviously. But there's one part where uh, you're like bot, like throws a electrical pole into a building to make a zip line for you and you can like choose to like crack a joke and say like next time why don't you throw me and he just goes noted and i'm like oh my god he's gonna <laughs> throw me next time <laughs> <laughs> he's just really cute like i don't know for a big clunky looking bot he's kind of adorable well awesome no i mean I, like i said i definitely want to want to play it at some point um well for me i i actually finished Finally did finish uh, The Walking Dead. Um, you know, the f- thing about that, and again, I won't spoil it either, but if if you if you like The Walking Dead, it's more of that. I said this before. 
Um, but I feel like in like the last three chapters uh, or the last three episodes of, of this new frontier that they brushed through it, you could usually count right. on about two hours worth of content in each episode. Um, and I just felt like, you know, you, in fact, in I think in one of them, one of the chapters in the episode, you make a, you make like two decisions and then you get your achievement for that episode, you know, and it's more of a less of an even walking simulator. It's like a cinematic with a choice. And then you get your uh, achievement. Uh, I mean, the story was good and, and don't get me wrong. It's not that I didn't enjoy it. I did feel though it was, it just felt rushed, you know, uh, like they kind of ran out of content and directions to go. Um, one thing that I did like though, uh, is that they, they have this dynamic in this, in this telltale game where you have, you've got multiple characters that you influence and based on your decisions and the choices in your, your dialogue, it will, tell you what kind of character you shaped so like say with uh, clementine who's you know the main character from the first one and second one well lee's the first the main character in the first one clementine yeah in the second but one. clementine's like really yeah real that's name. like your yeah yeah exactly um, she's a girl she's the one that you kind of you're that's who you that's your avatar i guess you're, you're kind of reacting as her to lee i guess so uh, but anyway, so Clementine in this one is kind of more of a side character. However, your decisions shape who Clementine becomes. So at the end, based on this series of five or six different interactions, it will tell you Clementine was compassionate or Clementine was a survivor or whatever. I, I, those are made up terms. But I can't remember what mine, what she was for in, in my game, but it was more of compassionate. Um, that she uh, she d had a level of discernment in and just wasn't a cold-blooded killer, you know. Um, so I thought that was cool that you actually that your it showed that your decisions and the conversation choices actually had some weight, you know. And uh, there's a and they, and they showed you kind of how those how it played out, and I thought that was cool. And then uh, you know, again, I don't think this is spoiler territory. Um, it's left open that it's it's possible there could be another another game in the series. Hey, so I'm not telling you which direction, but I mean I'm just telling you that there might be. So yeah, don't spoil it because I need to play it. <laughs> yeah, it's really good, and so and 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 that's the thing too. It's like your your last few decisions will make. Well, I, I don't know if it's last for you, but over the course of the game, it absolutely will change the ending. So there are multiple endings. Uh, and and I think that all that is very good. So that is that is one thing. Uh, also, I've been I don't know how I've ended up playing more games than you this time, <laughs> or spent more time playing. I uh, have very important housework. Apparently, to do. well, <laughs> and I did too. I don't know. Maybe I've slept less. I don't know. <laughs> uh, but uh, uh, patch seven point two point one nine or six. I don't know which patch it is, but it's for World of Warcraft. It's a new seven point two patch. And uh, that came out releasing, you know, the and I think I spoke about this last week, where um, the Tomb of Sargeras is open now. I'm, again, I'm going to bore you with nerdery, Amanda, but the uh, terminology that, you, that you're not familiar with. But um, Chromie has this, uh, Chromie, who is uh, one of the uh, Golden Dragonflight, um, she has this quest line. It's a time-walking quest line, and... Uh, 
it's it, it was released this time as well with uh, with the tomb of Sargeras, and I've actually had a lot of fun with it because basically she sees her death, and she knows when she's supposed to die, but something someone has intervened and and she dies earlier than she's supposed to. So basically, your your quest line is to go back in time and try to figure out from the other dragons and prevent her death. Well, it sounds it sounds complicated, but it's way more complicated than it sounds. Uh, but she only died a little before she was supposed to. You know what I mean? Right. Like, yeah. But she's like, well, I'm still not supposed to die here. So, and so you know, I guess every it's little bit two counts. days too early. <laughs> it's right. Stop. Yeah. <laughs> every little bit helps. So, um, so it, it's been pretty interesting and and a lot of fun to go back. And you can rep, you can grind rep with her. Uh, the rep doesn't matter as much. You have to have so much rep with her to increase her talents, and her talents will aid you while you're going through it. And and basically, she dies a million times, and you just get kicked back to the future and have to Where do it again. Made up, and the points don't matter. Exactly. Uh, well, they they do matter up to a point. You don't have to get exalted with her though, unless you're a completionist. Um, and then lastly, I haven't played it yet, but I just <laughs> speaking of games that I should have gotten to earlier, I just downloaded uh, Metal Gear Solid: uh, The Phantom Pain, and uh, so I'm gonna start that. So that's kind of my next long <laughs> game. Is that where you lose a limb? Yes. Yes. That's horrible. Yes. <laughs> Why am I laughing? Well, I have a feeling that there's probably a double entendre of some sort. Knowing that game, it's going to be incredibly convoluted, whatever the meaning is. So, um, but I I love uh, the Metal Gear Solid series, um, and so I'm looking forward to this one. Uh, I I don't think I could tell you the story if you gave me all day, but um, I still like it. So, for whatever that's worth. So. Good. So we've covered that, and and it looks like we've both been very active, uh, even if we are playing old games. <laughs> eh, who cares? It's we right. did our own pace. Exactly. We do what we want here. Um, but that brings us and kind of shifting gears to uh, current events. So, like I said earlier, E3 is kind of come and gone, and uh, today let's. I wanted to talk about good, bad, and the ugly. You know, what's what was good in your opinion, and then you know, kind of what was bad, and maybe what was best in your opinion. Uh, from what you saw, so so you told me you kind of had a list. What would you say was the best? Yeah, what was the best about E three in your opinion? Um, so I I'll start off with games like best games because I've got six kind of best games here. So um, in no particular order, the Life is Strange prequel. Super excited about that. I think that's going to be a nice one. Nice. Um, and yeah. and it's not a sequel. It's like before the story, which I think is an interesting direction to go. So that means that they could technically do, you know, if they stick to normal tropes, they could do a prequel. And they could have two more sequel games sort of afterwards if they want. So I'm excited. Uh, Crackdown 3. hey <laughs> Nice. Yeah. I, I, I really like Crackdown. I thought it was a fun game. Um, I didn't play two as much as I played Crackdown one. Yeah. Um, but I haven't I haven't touched the series maybe in a decade. Yeah. So I I think it would be kind of nice to get back into that. State of Decay two. It's nobody's top of the list, but I really like that game. It's kind of like a community building zombie preparedness situation, which I can get behind. Yeah. So if State of Decay two is anything like that, I'm excited. Um. The Evil Within, 
I'm actually going to yeah. try to play a horror game because it looks <laughs> so sick, yeah, like yeah. really good. The trailer was super exciting. The music was super exciting. I just, I feel like I could power through it with the lights on in a room full of people, maybe. <laughs> I'm going to try. You're going to try. Well, I wish you um, the best of luck on that one. <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, Wolfenstein, yeah. which looks like it has Nazis and the KKK. Well, I mean, why would I you? mean, you know, yeah. muchly. Muchly. Much much. Um, yeah. It, it, look, I'll shoot me some Nazis and some. KKK well, there's really at this down. point, there's no more universal bad guys. I don't think that everyone can get behind. I mean, get in front, can shoot and kill. I think. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody's back. cool with that. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So I agree. Yeah. Safest, safest and enemies then, uh, in gaming right now. Yeah. No, and it looks good, and I kind of like that sort of 1950s, 40s sort of vibe. Anyway, it kind of feels a little bit like a Fallout 4 shooter. Yeah. So I, I'm down for it. I'm down for it. Um, and then the obviously most hype. Oh my god, hype anthem. Um, yeah. The, now, is, the, the this answer game. to destiny. Okay, because I don't know much about so that game. So it's supposed to be a Destiny-style team role shooter, from what I can tell. You've got some people that either have jetpacks or can just straight-up hover. So that's exciting, and I'm going to play whatever character that is, because I always wanted to be Storm, and this seems like a cool way to do it. <laughs> um, and it, it looks like it might have some multiplayer elements, definitely like role-based shooting. So, you know... Um, more the destiny style sort of thing where you have like specializations or whatever and powers and i don't know it looks cool I, I haven't really unpicked a lot of it but it looks like it also might have a bit of rpg elements as well yeah. um i didn't see any dialogue wheels but i definitely saw like pretty involved cutscenes. um which i guess segues into me into one of the bad things which is also Shame on you, Anthem, for better having better facial animations than Mass Effect. Um, <laughs> because it just shows when you put the A-team behind a game what you get out of it. Um, because just looking at the trailer alone, uh, it's night and day from what we saw even from the Mass Effect trailer with the goofy eyeballs. Right. So, um, And they've, they've definitely had their A-team at BioWare working on this game while they kind of should have been doing Mass Effect. So a bit of a plus and a minus, I'm going to and I'm not going to fault them for putting out a good game, but it's a shame when we just had a 60, you know, pound title that right. fell. Unfortunately. Yeah. So that was your, that's your And then list. the last thing I've got, okay. which isn't a game at all. That's my, that my, that's my list of games. Okay. And then I've just got one, Good thing, which is for more backwards compatibility, they've committed. So whatever Xbox One that you have, you're going to be able to play the 360 titles on. And I think that's cool. I think having a 60 stuff has actually let me play some games that at the time I didn't. They weren't a huge pick, so I couldn't buy them, and I didn't have time to put them in my rental queue. But right. things like the Lego games, which is not something that I would buy, but I've actually been enjoying playing it. Um, once you figured out I how to it, get into the actual episode, exactly. Yeah. Once I got out of Moss, the, the 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 waiting cantina. room, yeah, yeah, the waiting room cantina. Um, yeah, I've been playing that a little bit, and um, I did like the fallouts recently i did the 
um, old Force Awaken game, you know, just some things that I didn't get around to playing or I wanted to play again, but it's not worth buying. So I'm, I'm quite happy with that. I think it's a little, a little talked about feature that actually is a pretty big benefit. So that's my list of, of the good. Nice. Okay. Well, my list, I don't know that it is, uh, it's not quite as long as yours. And again, I didn't, I probably own, and I'm, I'm going to admit a bias. Um, I, I really just kind of whatever caught my eye, much like you, I guess, in that, um, my style of games, games that I was interested in, those are the ones that I really kind of researched. If it didn't, if I didn't get excited about it, I, you know, I kind of just, it was a pass for me. I wasn't going, yeah, I wasn't going as an, as an objective observer of all things that might be good. It was what looked good to me. (laughs) So, um, some of the games in no particular order, uh, days gone, uh, which looked a lot like, uh, well, it was compared to horizon, um, it was also compared okay. to, uh, well, I looked at it as uh, very similar to, uh, to the last of us and the gameplay seemed very similar. Now it looks like it's a post-apocalyptic, um, the guy that, uh, the guy that your main character, at least the one that I saw in the gameplay, he rides a motorcycle. He's got a cut on with, you know, all the patches like sons of anarchy, um, Bad example, but it's the best I could do. For anyone out there listening, you kind of know what I'm talking about. Uh, and uh, he's kind of your general uh, MacGyver's type, you know, can do everything or anything. Um, and in the gameplay that I saw, he rode his motorcycle out uh, into the wilderness and had to save a friend because nobody else was doing it. And the, and like I said, the gameplay is very much kind of over-the-shoulder, third-person uh, there's some action, there's stealth, um, there's, there are, there's a little bit of puzzle solving, so there's kind of uncharted elements to it as well. Um, it's supposed to be really a kind of a big sprawling title, uh, so like Horizon. Um, so anyway, the, the gameplay looked really good. The, I mean, graphically, most games do look superior now, so it was, uh, interesting to look at. Um, and the gameplay, uh, you know, really caught my attention. So I, I'm, I'm looking forward to that game. Um, the game that I probably was um, most intrigued to actually see some actual gameplay for was Beyond Good and Evil 2. Um, I, I really liked that game in... Really? Yeah, I liked that game on uh, when it first was released. I even bought it on Xbox... Uh, Xbox One as a virtual console. Is that the one with the talking pig? Yes, it is. Where you take pictures. No, fuck that game. <laughs> oh, man, that game made me so upset. I've never been made so upset by a game. Oh. I was like, wow, I'm going to take good pictures. What is this? It was kind of, to me, I it was... I mean, like what you like. I, well, I know. Yeah. And, and the reason that I think I liked it was because it was so different. And it still had a bit of fantasy in a way role-playing to it um there was a there was a good story behind it once you could get past the terrible graphics compared taking to pictures and things. taking pictures of things um i have a feeling it's going to be much different this time around um if you looked at the cinematic trailer i mean it, all it had was f-bombs in it but it was interesting and it's supposed to be set as a prequel so i'm very interested to see what the actual gameplay is but the cinematic trailer was interesting to look at anyway so 
it got me intrigued, piqued my interest. I'm, I'm excited to see what comes from that. Um, I'm also excited about Super Mario Odyssey. Uh, we got to see a lot more of it. Got to see some of the boss fights. I know you. Yeah. <laughs> I knew that. I knew that was coming. Um, You're such a dirty casual. I know it. I know it. Um, I play Hearthstone on my phone For all the time. Wow, you're such a dirty casual. <laughs> I, I know it. Well, I think it's it has everything to do with the loyalty to Nintendo, um, and that's just ingrained from. But we'll come back to Nintendo in terms of maybe what I'm still not happy about, and maybe the worst thing. Um, but I, oh, but don't I, worry, we're no. going to come back. To them. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, then um, the next on my list, and I have. Two kind of honorable mentions because I didn't, there wasn't enough, and Beyond Good and Evil probably just belongs in this list before I get to my actual favorite thing. Um, sea of Thieves, uh, which is going to be a like an MMO style pirate game where you kind of pick your pirate and your personality and you deck them out with skills and then you hit the high seas. So uh, it's like Sid Meier's Pirates in a way, um, only there's a little bit more control from what I understand. Uh, in who your character and how your character develops. Um, I think it's interesting. I've always liked MMOs, and so having something where you're actually a pirate I think would be really fun, you know, if if it's done correctly. I think it could be fun. Um, I don't know how they'll handle death, if it's permadeath or what, how that actually works. If, you, if your ship sinks, you're kind of, that's it. But I don't know. I hadn't seen how they actually are going to do that. I'm excited about that. I game. just have Pirates of Caribbean themes not stuck in my head now that you've said the word pirates. <laughs> it's so conditioned. And that's probably what you'll think of for the rest of it. You won't even have heard anything else I said. <laughs> Pretty much. And if Sorry. it's if it's as good as the last movie, then then uh, we probably have some a hit. But um, and then um, Life is Strange, Before the Storm. I really, Yay! really, I really enjoyed Life is Strange. Uh, I believe it's going to come out to con- on consoles and PC at the same time this time. Um, but, uh, from what I've read, this is definitely a fan service type game. So it really wasn't on anybody's top list. Um, but for those that played the first version, I mean, it was up there for game of the year for a lot of people, um, when the, the original or the first iteration of this came out. So this sequel, uh, I guess is a, a prequel is going to be, um, uh, you know, just an ode to the fans. So I'm I'm interested in, and looking forward to playing that because I really enjoyed the first one. And last, but definitely not least, my favorite, uh, my the thing I was most excited about seeing was Spider-Man. This new Spider-Man on PS4. Um, I really like I really like the Arkham games. Um, <laughs> if you can't see Amanda, which you can, see- yeah, she's just making this face <laughs> of disgust. This disgusted face. Oh God, no! Yes, oh no. yes, yes. No. Um, you know I've never really been big. Like I, you know, Superman sixty four is just a terrible game, and there's so many games where you get to play a superhero where it's just not done correctly, and and uh, Batman Arkham the Arkham games. Almost, I mean, they seem to get it right, especially the first two or maybe three of the four. Um, Arkham City, where you could literally just fly around the city, was that's just fun, and you could do it on at your own pace, doing your own thing. There was another Spider-Man game that has come out. I think it was maybe on PS2 or three. I can't remember which one. Where you 
were able to swing around the city and, and rescue people who were getting mugged. But that got really tedious and redundant. And because of that, you know, that it didn't seem like there's a lot of the gameplay got redundant to the point where it just wasn't fun anymore. It looks like they may have fixed it in this where there's enough variability in each one of your interactions that it's that it can keep it fresh. So um and the way that you can use Spider-Man's powers to actually uh, take down whoever, you know, whatever the bad guys are. Uh, it just looks really interesting. And, and like, I, I liked the Arkham games. This looks like it's along the same lines, and so I'm excited about that. Um, I'm not a big Spider-Man fan. Not like Daniel or, or Paul from Temple of Geek, who, are, you know, they know all the lore. I, I I like him. I know the history. I've read the comics, but I think this is um, they're doing a good job of this one. So that how dare you? I know. Keep it. that bollocks over on the Tomcat. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But I'm excited. It's a game. I'm excited about it. And I think they did it right. At least the gameplay that I saw so far. Uh, I'm excited about it. So. Oh, well, anyway, so that topic is brought to you by our sponsor, Audible.com. Do you like reading but have an aversion to holding books? Well, Audible is offering a free audiobook download for you, the listeners of the Retro Rebel Gamecast, with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. Amanda, do you have a recommendation for us this week? I do. This week's recommendation is a bit off the wall. It is the Time Traveler's Guide to Medieval England. That's how we do, uh, this. Recently... That's how we do things here. <laughs> off the wall. You know, I recently uh, went to York on a little daybreak, and it's like this really old like medieval town and all the buildings kind of lean into each other and it has a street called the shambles which is exactly what you would imagine it's, it's really cool and it got me yeah. interested yeah. <laughs> and um it's basically a book that tells you what you would see smell what what you would do where you would stay what you would eat if you were in the 14th century in medieval england so it's kind of like a like an immersion sort of book and it nice. would tell you what life would really be like. It, it's pretty cool. It's not always better to go back in time. Things weren't always better before this. So just no London was full of streets of poo. <laughs> so there you have it. You can head over to audibletrial.com slash to get that free title now, or you can choose from over 180,000 other titles today. Support us by heading to audibletrial.com slash and get your free 30 day trial started. All right. In closing, our last segment: what's what was worst about E3, and or what was is that correct English? I don't know. Judges, <laughs> was that what? Are, worst worst things of E3, and and uh, I guess your closing best of E3. Like, what would you, what are you, what were you maybe most excited about? So, start with the worst. What was the worst of E3 for you? Uh, number one worst thing ever. Xbox One X, fuck off. Really? How dare they? How dare they? I am so tired of getting a brand new console. And then like two months later, they're like, we've made it smaller. Oh, cheers. We've made it more powerful. Thanks a lot. I bloody appreciate it. Now that I've given you 400 great British pounds, go ahead and make it better. Um, but right. it's not a new one. With it's Brexit, we don't even know what our, what our monetary uh, is going to be. So... <laughs> it just makes me so upset because it's just a money grab. It's not a new console, and this technology has been out for a long time. It's not like 4K didn't exist when the Xbox One came out. 
They could have made it like this from the beginning. They chose not to because they want my money. How dare they? Right. And and I don't no. blame you. Uh, that you know them no. and PS4 did the same thing. So um, so yeah, I definitely don't blame you. I'm with you on that. No, one. Thank, that was the. Oh, oh. Uh, the next thing. Everything. Oh, I just bought a new TV. It's 55 inches and it is not 4K, and I don't care. <laughs> it's bloody fine. All right, yeah. I have a big enough TV. I don't need a new one. Stop. They're all like, this whole game footage is in 4K. So you're saying it's going to look crap on my normal HD TV? You know? No, I don't think that's cool. I no, it's a very small subsection of the population that has 4K. So right. forget it. Exactly. Uh, next thing. Right. These are both dings against Bethesda. Sadly, I love the company, but switch Skyrim. Fuck off, make a new Skyrim. And <laughs> Fallout 4 VR, just stop. Like, just stop. These games are old now. Make a new game. You can't put it on a new platform and be like, yay, we put it on a new platform. It's going to be slightly more crap to control. Enjoy. Right. Like, I was watching the videos of the guy trying to, like, and he's obviously been practicing because this is their, like, demo teaser trailer of it. And he's trying to shoot a bow and arrow, and it looks so bloody tedious with the little Switch controller. No. Yeah. No. <laughs> no. I just. just How do you really feel, Amanda? No. I feel betrayed. I was more mad about everything I saw at E3 than I think I've ever been before because it was just like a lot of disappointment. Right. Okay. Exclusives. Next thing. Just stop with the exclusives. Like, we've all decided what console we're going to buy for whatever reason that we're going to buy it. So stop with the exclusives. There's no point. There yeah. is no point. Like, launch exclusives, I can almost get behind because you know they're going to get ported over later on. So maybe yeah. you wait like two weeks or a month. Fine. Yeah. But the, the whole lo like lock to a console, you're never going to be able to play it. Like, to this day, I've not played um, that really famous one with that, that chick on PS4. Horizon? Its name. No, no, no. Well, I haven't played that one, which I want to play. But the more famous one, uh, The Last of Us. Because it's an exclusive. Ah, yeah. And I haven't been able to play it. And I really find that messed up. And I'm not going to pay another $500. No. No. <laughs> so just stop. It's right. funny, you know, that's a, that might even be a topic for another day, but, it, you know, just what makes it worth buying another console? You know, I have all but the, the Switch at this point. Um, I don't have a new PS4, or I'm not buying the new Xbox. But, um, yeah, anyway. Yeah, it's messed up. And then, I said it before, but, like, Anthem, that studio, Bioware, they just, they obviously put their, their B-team on Mass Effect so that they could put their A-team on Anthem, and that's cool, yeah. and it's going to make Anthem a good game, but I'm kind of pissed off about that. And then the only game that I was like, please stop, was Cuphead. What a waste of graphical power. Like, why are they saying 4K everything and buy this new Xbox so that you can watch, like, cartoon-style graphics? Yeah. No. It's so funny because no. I because I liked Cuphead. <laughs> no. <laughs> now I'm no. not. Now I'm definitely not about you know for the on principle. I get what you're saying, um, but I think there's a place for games like that, and you know, and and mobile Met Metroid. I see, and I don't think on mobile just because <laughs> you can't control them. I, I you know it controls. Although if you could play it mobile and you could get a controller to work, which I'm sure you can, that's cumbersome and retarded. Though no offense. Um, 
the the uh, you know it just doesn't make sense to do it that way. It's so much better on console, or otherwise you wouldn't do it there. But I think there's a place for games like that, and they also should cost maybe twenty bucks. You know, so maybe. Uh-huh. Yeah, well, if it's a full like cost title, then they can double fuck off. So no, <laughs> I, those are the I'm things with I'm most that. mad about. Like, I just all the hardware stuff that was announced was annoying. All this porting to VR and Switch and whatever of stupid old games. Skyrim made me the most mad because how many times have they now released this game again? Like, please stop. You have our money. Like, yeah. go make a new one. Uh, and then, you know, just all this 4K pandering and things like that. Just people already have TVs, man. Like, stop. Right. Stop. <laughs> yeah. No, uh, Dumpster I, fires. Dumpster fires. Uh, I think the, you know, for me, watching uh, or looking at, at E3 and, and in hindsight, I, I feel like VR in general, um, there are a lot of people that are really behind it. I think it's the people who are kind of want to be on the right side of history when everything is said and done. I, I think that VR will and always will be is and will always will be a, more of a gimmick than it ever will be an actual gameplay mechanic, at least for the near future. I don't think that it's uh, cost effective to have a VR experience that is that feels legitimate. Um, most people don't have a room in their house where you could clear out all the furniture and anything that you might injure yourself on. And then be able to play, you know. Uh, I think that the best VR experiences may be more passive, um, you know. And and that's not really a game, <laughs> you know. That's not really a game. Uh, or maybe maybe the games like uh, Firewatch uh, or or games of that nature where you you know there's not a lot of gameplay mechanic, but you can look around the room a little bit. You know, there's not a lot of you don't no, have to the run, best jump. VR experiences are not games. It, you're because right. Much like the internet, VR is made for porn. We that's, probably that's correct. What it's for. And they haven't. It's not made for games. I don't think that they've maximized that uh, <laughs> yet. I mean, uh, I don't have a VR yet, so I can't. I'll get back to you on that. Um, so I think VR in general, to me, was just. I'm just not impressed. I wasn't impressed with it at E3, but I'm sure in the comments you can rip me for that as well. Uh, and then also to all the Nintendo fanboys, I was, I'm still disappointed in the virtual console and the way that they're going about the virtual console. Um, there's just no excuse. I think much like you said in terms of this cash grab, it's Nintendo, you know, the fact that you still can't get a, a, a switch is ridiculous. They've, they are, uh, nickel and diming. They're creating this, this demand for their supply. When they could be making money hand over fist if they just had an ample supply, you know, um, what it ends up doing for me is that you lose interest, and by the time you're even able to purchase or invest in, in you know, let's say Zelda, Breath of the Wild, which I would really like to play, it's you're so far past that point that do you do I even want to go back? Because now I see that some people are investing seventy, hundred and fifty hours in that game. Uh, and, and that's the, you know, that's Amanda type time, you know, for a game. It's too much time. <laughs> and so, you know, I, you know, I, I might have ventured into that rabbit hole, um, if I could have played it anywhere close to launch. Uh, but you still can't get one in my area in, in Alabama. And so, um, you know, and, and I don't have time to go to each store or they're not going to let you know. 
uh, when there's, you know, there's, we might get a shipment this Friday, but it could be Thursday or maybe on Monday. Well, I've got too much to do. So, you know, and like, yeah. so. No, of course. So that's just Nintendo in general on their bad business practices. I would buy it if it was practice. cheaper, but some. But somewhat. I was saying, I, I think Nintendo thinks that they're Xbox and PS4 and they're not. Like. Yeah. It needs to be cheaper. A lot cheaper. They're just not there. Well, and and I think that they they know they are um, because they're owning this this new technology and going in a different direction. I think they're really owning it. I personally, I'm along the lines or, or of the mindset that that Matt Pat from Game Theory is that they may be setting this up to be a not just just a virtual reality console as well as a handheld. Um, and so I think it's going to be a big old VR, but. Um, I think they're setting it up for that. They've got the technology for it. They've got the patents for it. And that's all that stuff's already out there. So that may be the direction that they're trying to go. And maybe they will be the ones to do it correctly. Uh, and their games may be the type of games that lend themselves to that kind of experience. Um, I don't think and I hope in that in, you know, in our time that what we would consider normal uh, in terms of gaming experiences on the on a television with a controller don't go the way of the dinosaur you know i hope that they continue to stay the way that they are and that these other options are always available for people who enjoy them um but i just don't think it's for everybody i and uh, so vr and the nintendo virtual console um nintendo being nintendo again were my those are my least favorite things but all in all i thought that there were a lot of there's going to be a number of good games that are coming out and we'll have plenty to do for the next year and that's that's to say if even some of these games come out I mean, Beyond Good and Evil didn't even have gameplay, you know, and that's the second trailer that they've released without any gameplay. There's mm -hmm. a chance it may not even come out. So, yeah. So closing a thoughts. Good chance. Yeah, closing thoughts on E3. Uh, good, bad, and ugly. What were your thoughts? Did you think it was a success? Do you think because they did things differently this year than they normally do? Yeah, I'm just going back to the E3 when the Connect was announced. And yeah. I felt like we we haven't seen anything like that in a long time where you honestly got excited about a piece of hardware um, in in a pretty long time. The Switch is cool, but the Kinect had, was like controlling with your body without any sort of controller. Like to this day, that is the most innovative piece of hardware. Whether it worked 100% or not is not the point. Right. So I feel like hardware stuff, it just feels like a money grab at the moment because nobody's come up with anything better than that. Um, yeah. So I would say hardware overall, until somebody comes up with something truly innovative, then I'm not really interested in the hardware announcements um, because I don't see the next generation of consoles being anything more than this is more powerful. Yeah. Um, I don't see how they could improve on what they've got right now with the technology that exists at the moment that's accessible to people. There's lots of cool technology for 360-degree gaming and full VR and full immersion, but you need, like, a room for it and a hamster ball. Exactly. You know, like, yeah. it, it's, a, it's, it's a different sort of experience that I don't see them being able to, like, consumer package. No. Games-wise, I'm getting less and less excited for things that aren't new IP, because of the disappointments of things like Mass Effect, um, where 
they're just it, they seem to be doing sequels for the sake of doing them i got i rolled my eyes so hard when i saw another assassin's creed when i saw another call of duty like i'm, I'm pretty bored of those sort of games right. i probably will play the call of duty simply because i'm interested in the campaign you said duty um duty uh but massive uh, but um Assassin's Creed, I've never been good at. I don't like the way it controls. It doesn't look any better to me. So, no, I'm kind of bored of those titles. It seemed like a lot of sequels, and the only real new IP that I'm excited about is Anthem, you know, which yeah. still is kind of a derivative of Destiny to a certain extent. So even yeah. that isn't groundbreaking. But I like BioWare. I trust them with my IPs despite Mass Effect. You know, I think everybody's allowed one screw-up. Um, right. But other than that, just a load of sequels, you know, and, and on the hardware front, I'm just bored by it, you know. I'd yeah. pick up a Switch if it was 60 bucks. Um, Ooh, but for, yeah. You know, but for more than that, I already have a more expensive, better equipped piece of hardware and yeah. a Samsung Galaxy 8. I don't need a shit tablet, you know. <laughs> so, <laughs> that's You bite really your tongue. I'm. I know. It is. It, I'll tell you what, though. Samsung Galaxy 8 is sexy. <laughs> yeah, I don't have one yet. I'm still with the 7. Got, a, got another <laughs> six months. Um, <laughs> exactly. Well, I, I'm, I'm with you on that. I, I uh, Closing thoughts, I do like the fact that they went with a more, um, I guess, it's consumer-friendly approach this year with E3. I mean, they gave so many public passes out. It looked like they tried to do something that was more for the fans than it was for, you know, corporate or, uh, you know, geared directly towards uh, the the uh, the gaming industry or, you know, IG or anything like that. Gaming it like, media. Yeah, the media. It looked like that they actually tried to do some more for... Uh, the fans, and I think it was reflected a little bit in the way that it was covered and, and, and what they ended up showing. Um, but with that said, I, I I agree with you. I mean, I think the ones that, that uh, really stood out um, were, you know, the companies that typically do, and then the ones that, that, were, that are just churning out sequels. Uh, I have a feeling that we're going to... There's a diminishing return with those, you know, and, and, uh, and those... I wasn't excited about Origins. I, I'm, I know there's a market for it. They otherwise they wouldn't continue to make them. Uh, there's a market for uh, you know this new Call of Duty, which is supposed to be sent in or uh, set in. Is it World War Two? World War Two. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I think they're trying to do something like Battlefield did. Uh, you know, maybe a different take on World War Two than has been done before. Uh, otherwise, I just don't see the appeal. You know, I mean, you're using inferior weapons. Um, so if you're not doing something that is a more, an interesting mechanic, uh, you know, like flying prop planes from World War One, and, uh, you know, driving you know, archaic vehicles and things like that, which is something that's kind of novel, which they hadn't done in a while. I just don't see what they can do with a World War Two game. So, but anyway, uh, so that's, those are my thoughts. I'm, I'm glad that they did something, uh, a little bit more, um, fan friendly uh this year um i'm interested and you know what i'm with you maybe we'll uh whenever evil within two comes out we can both get it and share our um just terrified stories about it <laughs> yeah <laughs> well that wraps up this episode of retro rebel gamecast as usual i want to thank amanda for joining me on this week's discussion all the notes from this week's episode will be posted on our site templegeek.com 
If you like this and want to see more from us, you can always support us on Patreon at Patreon slash Temple of Geek. Any questions or comments, feel free to email us at RetroRebel at TempleofGeek.com. Please head over to iTunes or Stitcher or wherever you download your MP3s and rate our show because that really helps us. We will see you next time. See ya.